Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. In 1942, in the cold desert of a small border town of Texas, a group of kind are kidnapped and mass embraced by members of the fanatical sect, the Sabbat. Out of this group, only a handful survived, and through rituals and mentorship, they became the pack known as the Pale Riders. Representing the Sword of Cain, they are wielded by a mentor to cut deep wounds within the heartland of Mexico to the enemies of the Sabbat. Wars on Fire is a vampire the masquerade Sabbat chronicle that follows the Pale Riders pack that consists of Mitch, a Lazombra played by Adam, Coyote, a Ravenous anti-tribute played by Alex, Eldrick, a Caitiff played by David, Jasper, a Bruja anti-tribute played by Joaquin, Cora, a Shimizi played by Slavic, and Richard, a Venture anti-tribute played by Tillman. If you'd like to contact us, you can find us on Twitter at twin underscore cities underscore VTM or on Facebook at Twin Cities by Night. We hope you enjoy. Right, so you guys roll up in front of the Black Rooster. You see that there's like a swarm of people kind of, well, but it's towards the end. Like, it's still like obviously a place where people go. But it's kind of like at the edge of where like the flashy, you know what I mean? Like come in Americans and drink here and everything and have a blast. This is kind of where like the alleys are a little darker and less welcoming. Well, <laughs> not to type, uh, not to your types, but to like mortals, you know what I mean? And where maybe like the front isn't as well painted as the other ones or, or like the, the sidewalk in front is just swept, you know? And you kind of have where you in the front there, you kind of see people through like dirty windows a little bit. And, and, but they're kind of sitting at tables and you kind of see a bar but that's just looking through the windows as you guys are getting out of your vehicle scenes on you go ahead i'm gonna while we're we're driving to the the black rooster i'm gonna crack the window just a little bit because i don't want any of these street urchins getting close to me probably like jasper do you smell that what it smells like progress for years, my father and my grandfather, they clung to the, the family line of running cattle, but it was I who had the foresight to invest my fortune into oil, and it is that very substance that drives every single one of these vehicles that you see on the road. And there will be a day that there will no longer be these horses sharing the road with us. It will be these mechanical machines that drive us into the future. So what you're trying to say, Eldridge, is you've never done an honest day, a day's work in your life. Sister, please. It's not I'm fun. just joking, Jasper. Hardly, Corline. I was raised in the family business. But I took my fortune, and after the Great War, I reinvested it into what I knew would become the future. That's not what I call work. All right, we got to jump uh, to this. Let's go. I'm sure what you would consider work had a lot to do with the kitchen. Oh, oh. oh, don't, oh. don't start me. Boy, don't start me. <laughs> Let's go ahead and have you make a self-control roll. Cora, you can, don't forget the mighty WP, you know, but I'm just, you can't let that buy, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, what's the difficulty? Uh, let's do difficulty four. Does that sound good to you? 
Yeah, okay. Cool. Difficulty four. Okay. Yeah, well, you made it. Cool. You're sitting there and he says that comment and you're just kind of like, and you see a little bit elder because I take it you're sitting across from her because you got one of those fancy rolls. You yeah. could, you kind of see her tense a little bit. Can you feel a little victory in a way? Scenes back on you guys, Jasper. And by the way, I love shit like this. So if you guys want to do scenes like this, don't hesitate. But uh, scenes back on you, Jasper, Cora, and Eldrick. Eldrick, I'm afraid to say, brother, you were out of line for that one. Oddly. Okay, brothers, it's time to get our job done. And I, as you guys roll up, you know, I go ahead, really, sorry. really, when I close the doors, I do it really strongly. <laughs> you kind of hear the door slam a little bit you actually kind of catch it mitch as you get out of your truck and coyote jumps out the back and kind of you notice the suspension on the truck is thankful that he's not in the back anymore <laughs> you see caroline get out and just like slam the door loud as hell you got you both coyote and mitchell notice that mitchell just mumbled <laughs> to himself i should have rode a horse <laughs> yeah, and El- elder troll slowly exit the other side of the the vehicle placing his top hat on and using his cane to bear his weight. What in the hell is that all about? I'm not going here. <laughs> Just having a friendly little chat. Eldritch. Yeah. All right. I'm going to um, link arms with old lady Caroline and, you know, help her along. Aren't you the gentleman? Yeah. I like you. I don't say that, but it could look funny, this huge... Like semi shirtless, seven foot tall Mexican dude leading an old lady along the street. Mitchell turned to Coyote. You got another one of them uh, cigars? Uh, I'll reach into a little pouch around my waist and pull out a fresh Cuban, sniff it slowly, like draw the length of it across the bottom of my nose, and then pass it to you. Thank you kindly. Do you need a light? Yes, I will. Mitchell bite off the end, spit it out, and stick in his mouth. I'll um, flip a big Zippo and light it up and pass it to you. I'm not lighting a cigarette for you, though. All right. Mitchell sort of give him a sidelong humorous glance like, (laughs) I could have made a bad joke. And then I'll just light it. (laughs) Oh, my. And pass it back. Okay, I'll light up my own one as well. See, here, it's not so bad because there's all this bright shit around. We we don't need to worry about people seeing this shit. I'll I'll just nod at you. Blow a big cloud of smoke. <laughs> Mitchell size up the black rooster. Look at, you know, front windows, entranceway. Does it have a bouncer? What kind of crowd is coming in and out? So as you guys are standing in front of here, it's made of, obviously, of wood, but the wood looks to be weathered and older. You know, it's not all flashy like the the, the 40 minutes worth of bars that you had to drive through to get to, to kind of like where this is at. It has some dirty two, dirty front windows, and it has like a double wooden doors that could be opened up you know either way and it has like glass squares in there you can look through there and and as you look through there you see there's probably like five people sitting at tables three of the five people have like a companion with them like sitting like kind of standing by them or sitting in the chair they look like really worn down like prostitutes in, in, in a way but not like the the, sh- the the showy kind you see a, a kind of an overweight hispanic guy uh, he's sitting at the small one-man table that's to, like, the left of where the doors would open up. Uh, he's just kind of, you see him sitting there, and he has, like, a newspaper in front of him, and he's kind of spread out. And he has a something, like, a glass of something there, and he's just kind of, like, hunched over, like, looking like he's concentrating on the paper. And you see a figure behind the bar seems to be walking around, and you see two steps 
set of stairs, excuse me, on the a left and the right of the bar to where like it looks like people can go upstairs to you can only imagine probably go with those women that are kind of by them right there. But it looks really oddly like just like not like a hey, the life of the party place. You know what I mean? It looks rather dark and depressing within there in a way from what you get not a place you would have visited in your heyday you know during the great yeah. war okay all right mitch will take a deep breath puff on the cigar and shrug and stride right inside so the doors open up and as the doors open up you can kind of hear like record music kind of being played but it's like mariachi music in a way but it's very like like a, not a clear quality so it adds this eeriness to this especially with like the acoustic guitars that are going and like the singing in spanish it's very like it's like it's not doesn't bring joy that the music's supposed to bring and almost it it almost even adds another layer to this the the, the gloom of this place as you guys as you open up and come in and i don't know if the rest of the group are you guys following him or not i'm gonna stand yeah. at the, like walk through the door but just stand next to the exit Okay. Oh, my Jasper will, will follow right behind Mitch. And what about you, Eldrick? What did you say? I'm going to stay at a distance behind them. So if they're just at the door, I'm not even going to enter. Okay. And what about you, uh, Cora? Yeah, she'll go in, you know. So you three, you four go in, kind of Eldrick's kind of staying outside a little bit just to kind of observe. You come in, you see the, the overweight Mexican guy like looks up and he kind of has like this like this mustache that's not well trimmed at all, you know. And he kind of has like rolls of like like skin that are under his 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 neck, like that looks like it hasn't been shaved in a couple days. And he and he has like a his hair. He's losing his hair a little bit, kind of not a lot, but he looks like he hasn't shaved like on his neck. You know, like it's almost like where, but with how yeah. he has loose skin under his neck, it just that seems to be the mass of where the unshaven facial hair is at. And uh, he's sweating. And he looks at you guys as you walk through and kind of walk past him. And then he looks at you, Coyotes, you're standing there by the door. Mm-hmm. And he's like, and he, and he speaks in Spanish to you. And he's like, hello. Well, I'll uh, ignore him. I like, won't even reply. I'll just stare at him. He kind of just looks, and then he kind of looks that back down to his paper. And, he, and he's like, what the fuck? And you see the bartender, as you come up across, you see this like kind of like homely looking like lady. She's Hispanic too, and she kind of has like 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 bags under her eyes that are kind of like yellowish, like bluish, not like bruises, but like from just from like a rough life. And she's kind of like you really can't tell the form of her body because it looks like she's not even trying to upkeep herself at all. And she looks up at you and she says in Spanish, "She's like, uh, hey, uh, what can I help you guys with?" Mitchell, look at her. He'll size her up and he'll very slowly respond in Spanish. I'm looking for a man named Marcos. You hear of him? And she kind of, you see her look and she kind of takes a glass and she's like, yeah, I know Marcos. What do you need to speak to him about? And you see she kind of like puts like, uh, she sees the three of you guys walking up and puts three glasses out. Need to have a conversation with him. We're looking for a man. He might know him. Mm, See, I can understand that. She's like, and she looks... And as you as you guys are looking and you look around, like while Mitchell's talking, Cora and Jasper, you look around at the people who are within there, and you see like, like you notice that every guy in there, or most likely is American, Caucasian, you know. And you see the women though that are with them. You see one guy walking upstairs with the women. They look wholly deflated of life, meaning like they're just like husks of who they can really be. These aren't women who charm you and try to, you know what I mean. These are women that look like that. They're just like going through the 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 just going through the movements of life, you know, that they're 
they're they're just husks of what what, what you're you're probably more humane than they, they are at this moment you know she's like yeah i can i can make sure i can get them if you uh if you can wait a moment i can try reaching them okay thank you ma'am i appreciate it she's like you want a drink maybe when marcos gets here i'm, I'm good with my cigar for right now and then she you see her walk behind the bar She's gone for about 20 minutes. I want you guys all to give me a perception and alertness roll. Difficulty six, if you would, please. And tell me, except for you, uh, oh, are you still outside, Eldrick? I'll move inside after they've been in there for more than five minutes. Okay. And you see them sitting all along the bar. Uh, yeah, everyone give me a perception and alertness roll. Difficulty six. Well, you all got successes, right? You all, mm-hmm. you all hear this weird, like, and it's like a screaming, like a like a, a thud, and then like a screaming, and then like a thud, and then uh, whoever got the three successes, who got Jasper, you hear "shut the fuck up, goddamn dirty, shut the fuck up," and you hear like a, you know what I mean, like someone like beating the shit out of some chick upstairs, you know what I mean, and kind of like a slow sobbing, and then like like a couple seconds after that, you hear like the squeaking of like a bad mattress in a bed, especially in the wood of this floor, you just kind of like and almost like starts getting under your skin in a way not the i don't know about the act happening but just the constant and you're sitting in this bar and you hear like this mariachi this eerie mariachi music and then you hear like the heat is like, and then you're like the fat guy sitting there reading his newspaper slowly turning the page and it's like this 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 it's it's a botany of annoyance uh that 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 seems to be that you're stuck there Yes, we're just basically just look around, just listen, take it all in, just like degenerates. As you guys are sitting there, uh, you hear noise in the background, like behind the bar, and you see the chick come out, and you see a figure walking behind her, and he's kind of a taller, gaunt-looking uh, Hispanic. Uh, I want everyone to give me uh, intelligence and academics role difficulty six, please, and tell me who got the most. Oh wow! Yeah. Is this regarding uh, book knowledge? It's difficulty six. I have yeah. three successes. And I wouldn't say it's book. I would say it's more common knowledge. Yeah, four. Okay. Everyone who got a success, you kind of realize that this guy isn't of Mexican background. Uh, the guys who got three and four successes, Eldrick and Jasper, you realize this is more of a South American. If you were to guess, you know, like uh, from the continent of South America than um, North American. But uh, he comes walking in. He's wearing like a kind of a cream-colored suit has a, a nice tie to it kind of cut almost like a zoot suit in a way but more of like you know the hip, kind of a hip but yet still kind of formal style that you saw back then sees him he's kind of like taking a handkerchief and patting his forehead a little bit and he comes up to you and he's like oh i i see you're looking for marcos hello he, he extends his hand and, he, and, he's, and he extends it to mitch i heard you're the gentleman looking for marcos that's right he's, uh, mitchell stand up hey. extend his hand back Shaking it, very firm grip. Yeah, my name is Caesar. How goes it? And he's speaking English, but you can tell he's kind of like you know, English is definitely a second language. In Spanish, I will oh. respond. I'm doing quite well, thank you. How can you put ah, us into touch see, see. with Marcos? Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, I can actually. Uh, we can do that probably in a couple hours if that's okay with you. He's like uh, Marcos is. Uh, he's a family member of mine. He's like, uh, he has a, a hacienda that is outside the city limits here, and uh, I could take you to him if that's okay with you. I don't desire to be in this establishment one moment longer than I absolutely have to. I agree. 
uh, why you're requesting his visit. He might know a man that we're looking for, and we need to talk to him about that. And you see Caesar's eyes open, like kind of like a little, like you know what I mean? Oh, 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 okay, uh, indeed. Um, yes, 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 yes. Uh, matter of fact, you know what? I think we could see you could see him sooner, if you would like. That would be much appreciated. Uh, would you? Uh, would you like to follow me in my automobile? Yes, that will work. Yes, yes, and I'm sorry for the wait. I apologize. And you see, you notice his demeanor goes from like, hey, politician, my name's Caesar, to like, oh, shit, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You know, as soon as you mentioned you guys are looking for a man. That's quite all right, Mr. Caesar. Out of curiosity, are there mirrors anywhere in the bar? Oh, yeah, there is. There's like one behind the bartender and everything like that. I will will look at the mirror and notice my lack of reflection and chuckle a little. You see, like, Caesar looks at you and kind of looks behind and then looks at you. And he, like, nods his head. He's like, yes, sir, please, if you could follow me. I'll, I'll step forward and, and just say to Caesar, I'm going to ride with you. Like, that's uh, all I'll say. <laughs> you know, kind of almost to intimidate him a little bit. Of, 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 of course. You can, uh, yes, yes, fine. Yes, you can ride with me. I, I have no problem really with that. If you really want to be intimidated, him, why don't you smile? <laughs> You can see, uh, you'll see my, it's a, I have a, a Fort Seville, it's a, it's a cream colored model, and you, you'll see it roll up in front, and me and your friend here will be in the back. I'll make sure my driver motions to you. Mm-hmm. Sounds it, good. And he motions for you, Coyote, to follow him. As you follow him, Coyote, and you go behind, like, the bar, out in the back, like, you go to the back, and you're like, what the fuck, and you see, like, mattresses of, like, like where you think these chicks maybe like stay, that's where they stay. And it just like, it smells like body odor. And you know, you see a kind of a pail they probably use at night and you see, uh, or use when they're asleep there and you see him walk past all that. And he goes out the back door and then you're kind of greeted by the, the coolness of the night. I mean, it's a little hot, but it's a lot less muggy than it was in the establishment. And you see that there's his vehicle there and he has a driver there and you see him open up the door. He's like, after use. And the driver gets out, opens the door, and he motions towards you, Coyote. After you, sir. I'll stoop down and get into the car. As the car rolls around to the front, you guys are in your respective vehicles, and you see the car there. Yeah, but before and Desperate you, leaves, he, he goes, Trumpy turns, turns around to look at the bar and say, like, Ladies and gentlemen, this place reeks of death. I recommend that you find someplace else for, your better, for the betterment of your future. Good night. And you see, as you walk past, you hear... The guy, the fat guy, as you're walking past, Jasper, say, pendejo. So, pardon me, what? I just said, like, smile, like, like, what? Shut the fuck up. He says in English, like a piss poor uh, version of English. Can I get a, a self-control what roll? What did you say to him? <laughs> uh, self-control what? A self-control roll. Uh, what's the Bruja curse? It's like plus two difficulty. Plus two. Yeah, it's yeah. a frenzy. difficulty six. Yeah, the frenzy. All right. Oh! Oh wow! So you sit there, and when he says "shut the fuck up," you like sit there, Jasper, and you almost lost your civility, which would have been, you know, but you're like, mm. and you kind of just like sit there and you clench a little bit, and he's sitting there looking at you, and you see like he sees you a little bit, and he's like, "Oh shit, man! Like maybe I shouldn't have opened my mouth," and he's like just looking at you right now, like this is odd, like this odd tension right now, like an awkward moment, and Coraline just says, "What did you just say?" and he's like, "Looks at Coraline," and he looks back at you, and he's like. Oh, nothing, ma'am. I said nothing, ma'am. No, no. And he goes no. back to like, come here. Uh, and he's like sitting at the table and he's looking at you, ma'am. He's like, I don't want no trouble, ma'am. I'll go. Uh, I'll go walk up to him, <laughs> and you know, just <laughs> uh, sort of sit down there. 
take, take his hand in my hand and come on, repeat it. Uh, I just, <laughs> and Mitch, as you guys are like outside, you're like, where the fuck are these two? You could turn around, you see like Jasper looking at the guy, you see Coraline, like you, you other two, uh, Eldrick and uh, Mitch, see this. It's kind of like patting his hands, like, oh, no, ma'am. I just, I said, I hope you guys have a good evening, ma'am. Yeah. Mitch yeah, will get up so, from the bar, you know, okay, tap sorry, some man. ash off of his uh, cigar. <laughs> and in Spanish, cowardly fucking cunt. <laughs> and you see, like, all of a sudden he's like sitting there looking. Now he has three people, you know, and some chick pat in his hand. And he's like, I don't know, want no trouble, sir. I'm sorry. I don't want no trouble. Okay. So, okay, okay. Uh, you know, as I'm leaving, I'm going to just sort of craft his fingers together, you know, just quick and dirty flesh crafting. Just So you sit there and you like, like, like put his hands together. And you see for a second, the guy doesn't even realize because he's so like overwhelmed. And then you let go of his hand and he's like looking at his hand and he's like trying to move it. And he like looks up panic and Jasper and Mitch are still standing there looking at him. And he's like taking his hand and you see almost like he's like shock. He's almost like in shock. He's like looking and he's almost like trying to like show you guys his hand, but he, he can't form the words because he can't comprehend what he's even looking at between you two. But somehow it's almost like he thinks since you're with her and you're there, you might have the answer to make shit normal again to back before he opened his mouth. <laughs> I'm glad Let's we go, settled. brother. The guilty oh. will be punished. All right. I'm glad we settled this. We settled, we settled this matter peacefully. Have a great night. And as you guys walk out, you just all of a sudden hear this, ah, ah, like screaming <laughs> at the top of it of the lungs as you guys are getting in the car. You hear that, Eldrick, as as you're like sitting in your role, Cora gets in and Jasper gets in. <sighs> Can't take these people anywhere. <laughs> As you guys are uh, following this cream-colored vehicle for about another half hour, you start hitting these dirt, dirt roads. You're sitting there, Coyote, yeah. and you see the guy. He's sitting there like this, like like, and you guys are sitting across from each other because this Ford is the same way as the Rolls. <laughs> but you're, like, taking up a lot of the space, so he's kind of, like, sitting there with his arms and legs together. And I'll tell you what else like, I'll do. I put a big huh. fat cigar in my mouth, light it up, blow a big puff of smoke in his face. I'm like, yeah, I might have a smoke in here, dude. Not at all, sir. Not at all. And you can see him kind of like reaching, and he's like roll. He's like rolling down one of the windows a little bit <laughs> to get that smoke out. I look out the window and puff <laughs> away. So you guys are start rolling along. Of course, the suspension of these vehicles aren't what we know as suspension nowadays. And so you're kind of coming along a dirt road, and as you guys are looking out the windows, you see that you're coming along a road. The road starts being surrounded on both sides by citrus trees like lemons or of oranges or whatever as as you're driving along so it kind of like in a way blocks out the moon and the stars a little bit as you guys keep going and eventually you start seeing where you come across like this intricate gate the end of this road and as you guys get to the end of the road you see one guy standing there and he's kind of dressed like in a farmer's outfit that is kind of known around the area he he looks to be like an older hispanic guy and he has like a a, a loose like kind of like the baggy caps he used to wear like at the time on top of his head and he, he opens the door and he has it looks like a rifle that's slung over his side and he kind of opens it and he looks and as you guys are driving behind the vehicle you can kind of see him just looking you guys come up and and, the, and the, it becomes cobblestone road as you pass that, as you pass the gate, and you see like the, there's this nice manicured grass with like this fountain that's kind of in the front, and this cobblestone comes up upon this beautiful adobe 
but it's it's kind of a tanner color. And this house looks to be rather large. Something that like Eldrick may have like looked at as like a nice summer home. It's definitely something that has like okay, yeah, like five or six rooms. Uh, you see, there's a lot of like kind of plants in the front. Big double oak doors in the walkway there. And as you as the car rolls up, you see Coyote. You see Caesar. He kind of like looks at you, smiles, and kind of gets up and opens the door. And he comes out and he's like, "After you, sir." And he, as he as he motions for you, Coyote. Mm-hmm. I'll lower my head so I don't hit it on the uh, door frame and slowly get out. I'll pass him my cigarette, which you, uh, you, my cigar, which is down to the last little bit. I'll just hand it to him, be like, "Thanks," mm-hmm. and start walking off. As you see, there's a figure standing in front of the double doors. He's wearing like a darker suit, not as like fashionable as the one that Caesar had, but he is also kind of slender. Has combed over black hair, like a really nice cut black hair. But he also looks to be more South American than North American. And he's, uh, he's as he looks there, he's waiting for you guys to come out of the car. And you see he walks forward uh, to Coyote and he's like, uh, hey, hello. He's like, my name is Anthony. He's like, are these your companions? Are you the leader of the group? I'll just spit at the ground and walk past him. <laughs> and he looks forward as, as you guys are getting out and he's, he's trying to kind of, you can tell he's looking for who to speak to who represents the group as you guys are getting out of the vehicles. Mitch will pull up last, and he'll get out of the truck as slow as his old bones will allow him. He's like, uh, can I speak to who represents your group, sir? Please. Yeah. What do you need? Mitch is still He's got like, a cigar in his mouth. Oh, my name is Anthony. My brother is Marcos. I was, uh, I'm, I'm here to uh, welcome you and bring you in so you could speak to him. Pleasure to meet you, Anthony. I look forward to you speaking too. to your brother. Thank you. And he follows If you guys wouldn't mind following me, please. As you guys, as you guys are walking in, you kind of see there's two other guards who kind of like are walking the yards. So there's like about three guards that are like kind of in the courtyard out front, uh, which you guys kind of figure would be normal for especially living in Mexico or along the border. Some of these people have a hard time letting go of their memories of being robbed, you know, ranchers being robbed and stuff like that by bandits. But as you guys come in, he opens the double door. You hear the double doors open up and you see this awesome tile that walks in that has that southwestern feel to it. You know what I mean? Where it's almost like each tile is hand-painted by someone that was put on this floor that you're stepping on. As you walk on, you see, like, vases on the side that, that, that look like to be they're made of, like, a brownish clay with decorative. And you see, like, expensive paintings on the wall. And, you can, and this is just you walking in, like, the entranceway, you know, and like, like which is a circular entranceway. And you see that there's like a couch there where people like someone could sit while they're waiting. And uh, you see, yeah, if you would follow me, uh, if you wouldn't mind uh, coming to Marcos's study. And he kind of veers around in this circle and make and makes a right to where like there's some double wooden doors. And he goes and he opens up the double wooden doors. And you can smell as when he opens the door, like the, the smell of like smell of mahogany, you know, and like leather and like older books. And uh, you can also smell like like almost like a a, a layer of like dust that you can never get rid of in the, in the southwest that you guys are very familiar with but also you can smell flowers you can smell like a lot of uh, fragrances uh to try to hide that dust but when it comes open you can also smell the the the, the smell of burning wood of like a fireplace you could hear it crackling a little bit and as you go as you step in you see that there's like a like two couches and a bunch of chairs, like almost like there's like a lot of meetings that happen here at times, you know what I mean? Where people could sit there and you see wall to wall bookshelves on one side. You even see a ladder that kind of goes up where like, you know, someone might have to crawl or climb up to get to a certain book. Uh, you see a big 
intricate desk there and you see a xylophone that's playing music there is that a xylophone the, the big like re- uh record players that kind of have like the big horn attached to them gramophone and you, you hear that as playing like a, a, a nice background soothing you know what i mean uh show music in a way and you sit there and you see uh three figures you see one she's this beautiful lady she she has almost like uh uh, uh, olive colored skin, but almost like a paler version of it to where not quite has that olive color, but you know, at one point it may have beautiful Mediterranean eyes has uh, like gray hair that, that seems to be uh, cut in like a wave that, that is fashionable, maybe like 60 years ago. Uh, she has uh, a nice uh, gray dress on that has that sleeveless, her body looks toned. Uh, uh, especially a, a toning that you don't often see from women uh, of this age and prior were usually more voluptuous. Women were kind of looked at as more attractiveness. You know, you see her sitting there and you see right next to her immediate to her right. There's a guy wearing a, like a dark Navy blue, black suit has a very nice starched white shirt with, with a, a tie uh, that matches like a, like a grayish tie. And he's sitting there and he has a crew cut gray hair, has a very thick, top lip mustache on top kind of looks athletic in a way too but definitely caucasian not as not as mediterranean as the lady who's sitting to his right and then you see a figure across from them with that this little like round table like a little round foot table at between them who's who's looking at you guys and he is this south american looking gentleman who has like he, he you're so used to seeing like caesar and anthony who are very like distinguished kind of like look like jasper you know like someone if they weren't hispanic you could respect you know like cultured in a way but you look at this guy he looks like that suit does not even cover that this guy is not cultured in the slightest you know he has these like bags under his eyes and these jowls and he has like black hair but it's not like kept in any way it's short but it seems rather like sporadic like he was wearing a baseball hat you know people wear baseball hats but he has like this nice suit on and he kind of you you look at him and you you just like get you know he has like this very wispy handlebar mustache that doesn't look like it grew in full and and you get this like this sense of disgust from him when you look at him like 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 not like he's ugly but just like he looks like a creep you know when he's looking at you there and he's slightly overweight too as he's sitting there in the chair and he and he stands up and he's like so you're looking to speak with me he's like you know my name but unfortunately i'm not aware of yours mitchell walk up take a puff on the cigar, remove it from his mouth. My name is Mitch. He'll extend his hand. It's a pleasure to meet you. And he extends it. It is nice to meet you, Mitchell. I am Marcos. And he's like, and this is your group here with you? And he not, he like kind of respectfully like nods towards you guys. Yes, introductions. That's Coraline. That's Hello. Jasper. That's Coyote. That's and Alex. I'll introduce myself as Mr. Hyde. Don't mind him. Oh. He puts on airs. <laughs> I've got my bags in group. A... I'm admiring the decorations on the wall, but I'll look over my shoulder when I hear my name. I'd like to meet you some visitors that we have. He's like, uh, this is Rita Giovanni and a Roman Dunstern. They are both visiting our great land here uh, no. so we could talk business. <laughs> and you see, <laughs> and you see, you see the lady like nod to him and you see Roman just kind of like nods to and, they, and he's like, please have a seat. And he, and he like snaps his finger and you see like the servant come and they're like moving chairs closer so you guys could uh, sit. Uh, he's like, please have a seat. Let's talk business. When he introduces Rita and Roman Mitchell, uh, nod his head, ma'am, sir. She's like, thank you. And he's like, he's like, thank you very much. He's like, 
And you see him unbutton his button as he sits back and he crosses his legs. Hyde so, will uh, continue to stand, um, resting his weight on his cane. Can I offer you guys some re- refreshments? I'd be honored if you'd be so inclined. Mitch will take a seat as he says this. And you see he, he snaps at the servant again and he, and he, he motions. And you see as the servant walks in, then all of a sudden you hear like a jangling of like chains and you see like two servants come out and they're pulling these chains and you see like these Americans, they're like all wide-eyed and they're naked and they got like their, their wrists are like tied together and like they have like these these things around their necks, like collars. They're kind of like being drug in and, he, and it's about five of them. They're, they're all males and they look like they're about younger and 20 and you see one's like crying horribly and he's like, what the fuck, man? And then he's like all looking at him. He's like, please take your choice. What is it? Some kind of bachelor party? Uh, a lot of people come to Warriors looking for fun, and oftentimes they get lost in doing it. <laughs> and it benefits our kind a lot. I think I'll grab a bite if it's okay. What? You see them stand there. Like, three of them, their minds have snapped already. One's, like, still babbling, like, what the fuck, man? The other's just, like, you see he's, like, right at that moment where he's, like, just about to go catonic and just be, like, check out mentally, you know? Mitchell stand up. He'll walk over. He'll eyeball them all. Step in front of the one that's crying the most, grab him by the hair, and just sink his fangs in with no remorse, no ceremony, and take a one blood point off. What is uh, Mitch's humanity right now? Six. So you go ahead and take one. What about you, Corlin? Yeah, uh, she'll walk up to one of them, take his arm, expose the veins, you know, and just snap it uh, between her teeth. And, you know, take a blood Damn. Off. Cool. And what's your humanity? I can't imagine it being Five. that high right now. Five, yeah, you're good. <laughs> All right. As you see these two take a uh, uh, take a blood point, then you see the, the guy drags them off again, the, the servant, and they just kind of like numbly are fucking following along there. He's like, now we could talk about business. So what brings you here? We're looking for a man, and we hear that you may know how to get into him. Uh, we hear you might know where to find him. Yeah. Yes, we do. We we have an idea of where he's at. Uh, we believe that for one reason or another, uh, the Camarilla, some representatives of them, are hiding him here. And we are very well aware of who you represent. We were told that you'd probably be coming here speaking to us when we gave the information out to go back to him. This is Roman that's speaking. It was Roman and Reed are just sitting there, like observing all of this. Uh, Camarilla, huh? That might be problematic. That's a small element. You don't. A lot of people are under the misconception that the Camarilla doesn't come here ever, but they come here. They come here oftentimes to prevent that masquerade of theirs that they like to so uphold. And I can see the worth of it, I suppose, but they come here often because they find that bodies that disappear often aren't uh, looked uh, looked for. If you catch my drift, and he kind of mentions towards the doors where the group had came out of and came back in, he's like. We believe we know that they are in the process of transferring this individual that you're looking for. We don't know why they are. We don't know uh, what they hope to gain from it. But we can only imagine that your group uh, were pretty uh, were pretty rabid about wiping them off the face of this earth of ours. So maybe they're making deals to help protect them. That's my only guess right now. But before we can even get to me telling you where you guys are at, there's something that uh, me and my associates could uh, – would require of you if you can make it happen. And what might that be? Well, are you aware of the politics of, of the control of, 
of canites and kindred here as it stands in Warriors. I understand that you and the Anarchs are roughly toe-to-toe in this town. And we feel if an unfortunate raid of, of members of your sect were to happen and, and uh, the Anarchs leader would, would unfortunately uh, experience final death, our, our strength in this city would even become stronger. And in that, you know, maybe you'd find out where this creature you're looking for resides. In that maybe we go and execute the leader of the group that is giving you trouble, you might tell us where this person's located at? Hello, folks. Have you ever wished you could have an easy way to find gameplay videos and podcasts, or just media in general that deals with your favorite white wolf role-playing games? Or have you ever wished you could find a forum to share gameplay that you have recorded, one which wouldn't be drowned out by random posts and discussion so that your media could get the attention you want? Well, we have the answer for you in a Facebook group we run called White Wolf RPGs Gameplay and Media. The group is specifically ran with the sole intent of it being a one-stop shop for people to view or share media involving the games we all love. We take thorough steps to ensure the page does not become cluttered and is easy to traverse. We are currently over 1,000 members strong, and we are continuing to rapidly grow with new media being shared every day. Stop on by. We hope to see you there. High Level Games the industry's first choice in taking your games to the next level. We are a podcast blog and new media network at highlevelgames.ca. We have blog posts about all of your favorite games going up five days a week and a podcasting network with actual plays and shows that discuss role-playing games with more rolling out all the time. We are on iTunes, Twitch, and YouTube. Find out more information at highlevelgames.ca, a site that certainly isn't controlled by a shadowy board of directors of otherworldly origin at highlevelgames.ca Please, help. They're coming. <laughs>